You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. All right, cool. Well, our message today is called Praise Unlocked. Praise Unlocked. Turn to your neighbor and say, Praise Unlocked. The Summer Unlocked series is all about us unlocking things that have been restricted, locked up, and revisiting some of our spiritual DNA of who we are at Audacious Church, what we're about, and some of the things that perhaps in the last couple of months that we've kind of pushed to the side that we're bringing right back together into the forefront of who we are. And today, one of those things is praise. So I don't know about you, but think back across your life, maybe the last few years or beyond, and think about a time when you've been locked out, a time that something you've tried to get has been locked, or it's been closed, or you've just not been able to get what you're trying to get. Now, this is probably my favorite story ever. I recycle two stories when I preach. One of them is the pizza story that you've probably already heard. And if you haven't, which one exactly? There's many. The one about the pizza falling on the guy's head. That story, we'll tell you that in a couple of months. But the other one I recycle that I love is one about yours truly, Ben Clifford on the front row. He knew it was coming, so much so that he knew in advance that I'd share this story, that he's only come to one service today, so he'd only have to get embarrassed once. I'm kidding, mate. Rewind a couple of years ago. Ben and I were locking up church at the end of a long day. We had done many services. I think it was possibly Easter extravaganza. We were packing stuff down. We were here quite late. And I remember we walked out, gave each other a high five, you know, love and life that we'd accomplished a great day in the house. And as we walk towards our cars, I get in, say goodbye. And Ben does that thing, you know, where you feel around for the keys to your car and looks at me, eyes wide open and says, Lee, I think I've lost my keys from a car. And I'm like, Ben, not a chance. Have you lost your keys? You've got them in your pocket. Searches some more. The color drains from his face as he realizes Him and Anna have traveled in two different cars to get to church. Anna's taken the boys home, but she's also taken home with her the keys to Ben's other car that he's meant to drive home. Now, it's okay now where Ben and Anna live 10 minutes from church, but they used to live in a place called Athon Wen. Now, you know it's in deep Wales where you have to think about how to pronounce the name of the place. Live in Athon Wen, about half an hour plus drive away. And Ben looks at me and says, Lee, Can you drive me home? I'm like, Ben, I'm not sure if I love you that much, but of course I'll do it. I'll drive you home. So Ben and I drove from church half an hour to Athenwen for him to get the keys to travel half an hour back, an hour so far, for Ben then to take the keys, put them in the ignition, and drive half an hour home. What should have been half an hour became an hour and a half round trip. For Lysandra and I, not so long ago, we exited our apartment, looked each other in the eyes as the door slowly closed and realized we'd forgotten our keys and we're now locked out of our apartment. I reckon for all of us, church, all of us have had these moments in life, haven't we, where we felt like we've been locked out or locked in or closed off or not been able to get what we've wanted. Perhaps it's been that time you've been trying to open the tuna can, but the tuna opener is, can opener is broken and you can't get into the can. 
devastating. Maybe it's been for you when you've gone on holiday. You've landed. You're excited to be in Costa Del, wherever you are. But you've realized you can't remember the keypad pin to get into your suitcase. All of us have had these times, haven't we, where we've been locked up or locked in. Hello, the past 18 months, we've been locked down. We've been locked up. There's been things that have been restricted, closed, unable to access. And for us today, church, all of us know this feeling of what it's like to have a padlock placed on our lives. And what we've noticed over the last couple of months is there has been a padlock placed on our prayers. But now we've been handed the key. We've got permission to praise. We can praise in church. We can sing in church. We can get excited about the word of God. We can get exuberant, rowdy, do praise pits. We can return to be people of praise. But the only padlock that now exists is one that's been forged with our own hands. Many of us have put a padlock on our praise, locked it up, and threw away the key. Maybe for you it's your language is, it's been a bad year. I don't want to praise God. It's been a tough year. Maybe it's, I don't like this preference of praise. I like to praise quietly. I don't want to jump in church and get excited. I haven't been able to lift a shout of praise in the last 18 months, perhaps, but now I don't think that I need to. And the danger today, church, is this, is that if we lock up our praise, then we've locked up our breakthrough. And today I want to suggest a couple of things really quick and how we together can unlock our praise to then unlock our breakthrough. The first thing today we need to unlock is this, is unlock my heart because it unlocks my praise. The Bible says this in Luke 6. A good person, Jesus speaking, produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Jesus in this moment is describing the heart like a treasury. See, Jesus is actually more interested in what is in the treasury of your heart than what is in the treasury of your hands. And right now, Jesus is speaking into this, this thought that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. How you check the bank balance of the treasury of your heart is by what you say what you profess, what you confess, what you declare, because it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. Mike, who comes here on a Wednesday and does our hygiene services every week, just this Wednesday came in and couldn't get over the fact that here we're always saying positive things. We're always upright, excited. We're always enthusiastic. He's like, the amount of places I go, people are just miserable. And I'm saying to Mike, we're not putting on a, a charade for you here, mate. This is just what's going on in our heart. Because out of the overflow of a heart, the mouth speaks. So when you hear people and their confession or their declaration is, is downcast, is negative, is low, is pessimistic, it's actually less about what they're verbalizing and more about what's going on in their heart. And in the same way, when someone's declaring faith in the midst of a trial, hope in the midst of on certain situations, that's what you can tell is going on in their heart because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
And praise for us, church, isn't a benediction. It's not a tick box that we do at the start of a Sunday. Praise is the overflow of what's going on in our heart. And if our hearts are locked up, aren't overflowing with thankfulness, gratitude, hope, then our praise will be locked up because my praise won't overflow if my heart's not overflowing. And praise is so hard for some of us. Not you guys. You guys have it all together. Our Cardiff campus. Praise is so hard for those guys because their hearts have grown cold to the things of God. Their relationship with God has grown dry. And if you feel like that's you today, church, well, good news today because you're not at a dead end. You're at a junction moment and all of heaven is looking down on your life, watching for which way you're going to turn. And I want to encourage you today, church, to draw near to God again. The Bible says if you draw near to him, God will draw near to you. This week, create margin in your life to spend time with God and get your heart back on fire with him. Five minutes in the morning, coffee with God will change your life. Off you already do five, up at the 10. Maybe God's got something else to say. Think about your world this week and how you can create margin and space for God to light the fire of your heart once again. Because if your heart is full, if your heart is rich, if your heart is on fire for God, then your praise will overflow for God. The Bible says in Psalms, My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. When you're on fire for God, you can't help but praise Him. And my heart can't stay locked up because when it's locked up, it's no longer passing the oxygen of praise through my bloodstream. Today, church, make a decision to unlock your heart, to unlock your praise. The second thing really quick that we need to unlock is my mind because it unlocks my praise. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Have you ever, church, had a moment where someone's talked you out of doing something? Now, I had this moment where I taught myself out of something. Rewind to 2010. I'm in Canada, the first ever time I've been. And my auntie and uncle have taken my brother and I to this massive, like, mini island out on this lake. And there's a cliff on it where you can jump off. Now, I'd love to describe to you how high it was, but I've just got no spatial awareness, do I, in terms of meters. But it is high. Let me tell you, you jump off, and it feels like 30 years till you hit the bottom, right? I'm watching people jumping off thinking, you are crazy. But my aunties convinced me to climb up top to then jump off, telling me it will be the best thing that I've ever done. So, you know, me being a a good nephew, I believed her. I was convinced. I was like, yes, this is going to be class. But as I stood at the top, and it was my go to jump off, looking over the edge, my mind started to articulate things like that weren't great, thinking thoughts like, well, what if I slip and fall in accidentally? What if I go to jump off and I get scared and do the hokey-cokey, you know, and then I fall and hurt myself? All of this stuff raging through my mind. And I took a step back and let these 10-year-old kids come along who jumped off this cliff into the water. And I'm still standing there thinking, man, oh, I don't know, should I, should I not? And my auntie comes up, she jumps off. And about half an hour later, I'm still standing there, all these boats in the water watching me, seeing what I'll do. And church, to my disappointment, 
I climbed back down the cliff and jumped off the baby dive where there was six-year-olds jumping off. I'm not even kidding. A time in my life where I've totally talked myself out of doing something. See, church, the mind is a powerful thing. It's through the vehicle of our mind that we articulate what is going on in our heart. And like I talked myself out of the cliff jump, many of us talk ourselves out of praise. The Bible instructs us here to pray and sing with our understanding. In other words, pray and praise with our mind. But our confession is, oh, I won't lift my hands because I won't jump in church because I won't get excited in church because I'd prefer not to. But the danger with preference is this. When we do that, we let our preferences become the master for how we live our lives. But we're called by God not to let our mind and preferences be unaligned with God. We are called to let our mind and our preferences be aligned with the Word of God, not making His Word fit around our opinions and preferences. Oh, Pastor Lee, I'm just not one of those people. It's just not who I am. It's I'm not, I can't, I won't, I don't. I don't need to lift a shout of praise in church. I don't need to go about my day and thank God and praise Him. And I wonder today, has your praise become locked up in the prison of your preference? The reality is sometimes I have to let my preferences go in light of what's good for me. If I'm honest, church, would I prefer to have a Greg sausage roll for lunch every day of the week? You betcha I would, especially when O2 give them away for free on a Saturday morning on O2 Priority. Shout out for O2 there. I would love to, I prefer to, but in light of what's best for me, we have salads for lunches every week. Because the preference would rob me from my purpose. I'd prefer to be in bed on Sunday and sleep in and have a rest. I'm, I'm not preaching to the choir because you're here, you get this. But sometimes we'd rather be at home in bed and we'd miss out on the breakthrough, not realizing that the preference is robbing us from the purpose of what God has for us. I'd prefer not to dance in church because it's just not what I'm about. What will people think of me? I, I don't know about this, but praise is going to shift something in your life. It'll shift your perspective. It'll shift your posture and it'll bring you to a place of breakthrough. Psalm says this in 160 verse 6, let everything everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Today, don't let a preference rob you from your purpose. Praise isn't a preference. Praise is our purpose. And if you've got breath in your lungs today, our purpose as Christians is to extol the name of the Lord, is to praise Him, is to lift Him up, is to magnify Him, is to elevate Him, thank Him for what He's done. In Jesus' name. Bible says in 1 Corinthians, sing with your understanding. See, we don't, we're not transformed by the removal of our minds. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So when we're praising, we're not letting go of our thought process, our mind leaning in on emotions. We're doing it because God has instructed us to. And let's intellectualize praise for a moment. What if, if God has really done all that he has for us that he says he has, if Jesus has really done what he says he's done for us, if God really has seated us in heavenly places with Christ, promised us an eternity with him, then surely the only fitting response to God is to praise him, is to thank him, is to lift him up, is to glorify him for all that he's done in our lives. The third thing today we need to unlock is my posture because it unlocks my Praise. Psalms 43 verse 5, 
David speaking here says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? This is him preaching to himself right now. I put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. On Wednesday night, Matt and I, we went and seen, forgive me, church, Manchester United play at Old Trafford. Any United fans in the building? A couple. Don't throw your leaflets at me, Liverpool fans. I'll get past this story quickly. We went and seen Man United on Wednesday night, and it was, it was incredible to watch the, uh, the excitement in the ground, the people that were pumped up for the game, and that's before goals were even scored. The game finished 2-2, and I remember when Man United scored, the whole place erupted in praise. Man, I don't even support Man United, but when those goals went and I was in the United stand, got up on my feet like, yeah, come on, United. I don't even like Man United. What am I thinking? <laughs> Praising along with the fans, getting excited, exuberant, because United have just scored. But the fans came to the stadium with a praise posture. In other words, they were ready to praise at any given opportunity that United would score a goal. And David is writing this psalm, asking himself, why he's so downcast? Why so depressed? Why so down and out? Why so defeated? And he instructs himself to put his hope in God and to praise him. See, G G David is instructing himself to get his praise posture back into alignment with where it should be. Now catch this, David is on the run. And many of the Psalms that David's written and penned, he's doing it in a cave. Now I get this, when he's in a cave and he's speaking out these words, what's going on in the cave is the words are echoing throughout the cave. So when he's speaking it out, he's hearing it back. And David is speaking these words out to himself. Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. See, sometimes in life, you've just got to praise yourself out of the rut that you're in. David chooses to shift his posture from being down and out to one of praise, saying, yet I'll praise you, God. I might be on the run. My life hunted down. I might have lost everything that I knew that was dear to me, but yet I will praise you, God. Today, church... Have you got your praise posture right? Today it's time to do some spiritual physiotherapy and get your praise posture back into alignment with the word of God. Praise is transformational because it shifts my posture. It changes my life. It elevates me from the low position that I'm in and helps me realize that I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. And praise is most powerful when I don't feel like it, not when I do. Because when I feel like praising, praise is already in alignment with where I already am. But when I don't feel like praising, and I know I need to, praise lifts me out from where I am and seats me into a new place and a new position and a new mindset. So today, church, unlock your posture to unlock your praise. And the last thing together we have to unlock is this is we have to unlock my praise because it unlocks my breakthrough. Today, church, your praise will unlock your breakthrough. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, get excited. They have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. 
and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Well, what are the weapons we fight with? Here they are, 1 Samuel 16. Whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre, his harp, and would play. Then relief would come to Saul and he would feel better and the evil spirit would leave Saul. See, praise from David on his harp caused the evil spirit that was plaguing Saul to leave and part way. Today, church, we're not just singing songs. This isn't Christian karaoke. We're not doing Christian X Factor. When we praise, we're changing the atmosphere. We're bringing breakthrough. We're setting people free. People are getting healed at the sound of praise. Lives are changing because of praise. There is breakthrough today for you to unlock on the other side of your praise. The weapons that we fight with aren't the weapons of this world. They're not the keyboards of social media. They're not the handheld weapons. They're not slander. The weapons we fight with, church, are the weapons of praise. And God has given us this key to unlock our breakthrough. And that weapon is called the weapon of praise. 2 Chronicles 13, 15 says, And the men of Judah raised the battle cry. And at the sound of their battle cry, God routed Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. Israelites went into a battle and before they even needed to fight, they raised up a battle cry and God routed the enemy. Paul and Silas and Acts are trapped in a prison and overnight they're praising God. And as they're praising, the earthquake comes, opens up the prison cell. See, praise has the divine power to demolish strongholds. Praise brings a breakthrough. And today, your praise will unlock your breakthrough, Audacious Church. Your praise will rout the enemies that stand in front of you. Your praise will cause what has stood against you to fall. Now is not the time to go quiet. Now is not the time to go into hiding or retreat. Now is the time to raise a battle cry of praise. The antidote to the venom of the enemy is praise. The key to the padlocks you feel bound by is praise. The weapon to fight your battles with is praise. The ingredient in your diet to lift your mood that you need is praise. Come on today, church. Everybody jump up on your feet. We're going to create a moment right now. We're going to go into a song of praise. And man, we're going to praise God like never before. We're going to praise better than the 9.30. And let me tell you, the 9.30 were good. But right before we do, I want everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes really quick. And I want to create a moment for you to meet Jesus. Perhaps you've come to church today and you've never made a decision to follow God. Well, now is your moment. Let me tell you, Jesus came from heaven to earth, lived a perfect life and died on the cross, taking on the sins of the world, but rose again on the third day so that we as Christians have promise of our forgiven sins and a future promise of a resurrection in heaven with God. Come on today, if you don't know Jesus, this is your moment to become a Christian and get your life right with God. Perhaps you've come today and you once were a Christian, but you've went your own way. You've turned your back on God. Well, right now is a moment to come running back to the Father who's standing with his arms wide open for you. Let me tell you, God has never turned his back on you. And right now, he's standing with outstretched arms, ready to welcome you into the family. That emptiness you feel in your heart, that's designed that Jesus would come and fill it. Fill in the God-shaped hole in your life. 
You don't know what the future looks like. It's scary. It's uncertain. Well, let me tell you in Jesus, it might not change what the future looks like, but it changes the hope I have for the future. And I can run towards the future bold and courageous because Jesus is with me. Today, he wants to change your life, show you what it looks like to have life and life more abundantly. So right now, I'm going to count to three. And if you're saying today, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. When I get to three, I want you to raise your hand up nice and high. And we're going to pray a prayer together. It's a prayer of connection, connecting you with the God of heaven. Well, right across this place, one, you don't have it all worked out. But today, you know, you need to get right with God. You need to give your life to him. Two, you don't have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted, but you know today, today's your day to become a Christian. You're ready. You want to make a decision. If that's you today, you're saying, I want to follow Jesus. Then three, right across this place, lift your hand to heaven, nice and high, so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you. I see those two hands in the second row. Looking across the room, another hand on my right, your left. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Across the room, Back where I see that hand, thank you. You can put your hand down. Saying today, I want to follow Jesus. Hand in the middle, thank you. I see that hand. Saying today, I want to get right with God. I want to follow Jesus. Come on, my left, your right. Saying today, I want to make a decision to connect my life with the God of heaven. In the middle, your heart's beating, and today you know you need to get right with God. I see that hand in the middle, thank you. Saying today, I want to follow Him. Lastly, my right, your left. Today's your day. Don't miss this moment. You want to get right with God. Incredible. Okay, church, why don't you pray this prayer after me nice and loud. It's a prayer of connection, connecting these incredible people with the God of heaven. It goes like this. Dear Jesus, come on, church, nice and loud. Dear Jesus, today I choose to give my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me of my past. I choose to follow you. Today I'm a Christian. The old is gone and the new has come. Show me what it looks like to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, why don't we thank those incredible people really quick? Thank you for listening to this audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.